Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. Why, hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. So I had said in previous episodes that July might be a little bit of a hit or miss for the podcast for me, just as I have been coming off such an intense spring, my kids are out for summer break, and it all seems a little too much. So I I appreciate your grace, and it may not be every week, and maybe every other week, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, and when I can fill in, I will do so, because I am a one-woman show, and I can only take on so much. So in this week 26 slash 27 recap, I want to talk about some serious issues. So I've always been very transparent here. I started this podcast to be real and raw because I know there's many of you out there, fellow flower farmers of mine, that are feeling the same things. We just aren't hearing it. The actual hard work is rough and it's intense. And so on the first topic I want to talk about in this recap is farmer burnout or florist burnout or just burnout in general terms. So after coming off of Mother's Day, the kickoff to the wedding season, all of the celebrations with school finishing up, recitals, and all the things, it was an intense couple of months from a farmer florist perspective. And now that I'm kind of coming off such a huge hype around floristry and the demand on flowers, kind of is that if you see the typical graphs of grief, like you're on this roller coaster for so long just in survival mode and then you dip down for a moment. And just like last weekend, I stocked the stand. I had really crappy sales, but I should have known that because we were headed into the 4th of July. Probably most people were on vacation and this is where my journal needs to become my BFF because I need to not stock my stand that weekend. Not go through the harvesting and putting the bouquets together to only throw them in the compost pile. So I just saw my flowers at my roadside stand on Saturdays and Sundays. Over the three years that I've been doing this, I found that that's when folks are out and about and they're purchasing flowers. But I've given everybody the option to purchase flowers through my website or reach out to me during the week if they need flowers. I just ask that they give me 24 hours advance notice so that I have the opportunity to harvest flowers, condition them, design them, and then send them on their way. So I have found that works for me and may be a totally different model for you and I celebrate everybody and their journey. But I just feel so tired. It's been such a year of growth for me, but emotionally, I just feel drained. Not just from relating to the farming and the floristry, but just in my life in general. 
I have been growing this business over the last two to three years. I've been running on endorphins and now as things are starting to die from disease or pests in those first couple years, you get, they're kind of like the honeymoon stage. Your plants are happy, you're growing beautiful flowers, but then all of the community of bugs and other pests, say deer, tell everybody in the county or the state that there's a buffet at your address and that they should come. (laughs) Then we start seeing all of the issues pop up and that has started for me. The moles, entire crops unfortunately just digging them up and it just is so frustrating and then seeing some plants just be thriving and then one day they're absolutely deader than a doorknob like what the heck did I do to deserve this or just things eating things and being frustrated because you spent months I mean months trying to grow said seedling only to see it die and see nothing out of it so that whole process in itself can just be absolutely defeating. And then you turn around and you're trying to sell your flowers that you've worked so hard for. And folks oftentimes don't see the value that you see in them and you have really crappy sales. It just is an accumulation of emotions that does not breed a good scenario. And you're tired. You'd like to go to the lake for the weekend, but if you're working a day job or you have a family, there's all that on top of it. And then you've inserted this beautiful career of flower farming into your life and And you don't have time to go set on the lake. And if you do, that's incredible. And kudos to you for finding the systems to put in place so that you can have that balance. But I bet there are a lot of us out there that are trying to manage it all and really feeling like, is this worth it? I feel so burnt out. I'm not seeing what I had hoped to see. And I'm frustrated. So it's not always going to be like that and things can turn around and be absolutely amazing. Crops can grow, flowers will bloom, you can have a killer of a sales weekend or finally figure out like, wow, I should sell my flowers in X, Y, and Z form because people actually want to buy them in whatever X, Y, and Z sales outlet that you've identified. But you've had to try and fail and fail and fail to figure that out. And if you got it the first time out of the gate, wow, we are all jealous of you. (laughs) Anyways, I just am in that stage now of burnout, complete burnout in my personal life as well as the flower farming and the floristry. I just feel really tired and exhausted and need a break from it. But at the same time, as a one-woman show, I can't. I can't just walk away because things will die without me taking care of them. But I have found and had very crucial conversations with my family to say, look, you guys want a happy mom, happy wife? Like, I need some help. All of this stuff like cooking, cleaning, laundry, just the everyday life can't fall all on my shoulders. I need some help. I would like to go out and swim in the pool and enjoy my summer too, but see this huge stack of dishes that all of a sudden appeared? 
that didn't get caused by me and you guys need to help me out. So help me help you (laughs) has become the motto of the summer around my house. So I would love to hear from you. Like seriously, would be so nice to hear from some of you to see if, am I just the only one feeling like this? If not, please send me a DM. Let's have this conversation together. Oftentimes I feel like I'm talking to myself here. So it is always nice to hear from the audience, which I know you're all out there because I start started this with no intention of it being big. I just wanted folks to have a voice that I was hoping to hear from and I wasn't finding it anywhere else. But please DM me and join the conversation because these are the topics that we all should be talking about together and you don't want to just hear my perspective. You want to hear lots of others and just really know that not just me out there that's experiencing this. Also, the second topic of this recap is you may think you have a following, but I am here to tell you there are people and lots of them that don't know anything about you. So the 4th of July here in our little town of Estacada, we have a 4th of July parade and it's pretty big. The community really comes out, the floats and the trucks and all the things. I sat in the parking lot for a good hour just trying to get out of the parking lot to enter the parade route. So it was huge this year. But the feedback from our community has been extremely positive and It's just about coming together, celebrating all of our differences, reuniting over the fact that we live in this small town and we just need to support each other. And so it was so amazing. And I've been working on my social media campaign, posting to all the local Facebook groups, which I see more results from the local community Facebook than I do say Instagram. And so, you know, I've been posting and hey, here's my flowers. I've been really dedicated this year of getting out in my community and volunteering. So, you know, I've been really dedicated to just trying to connect with my community of all ages, from kids all the way up to seniors, and telling my story, being real about it, and trying to educate them on what it's like to be a flower farmer florist. Well, I went to the parade, and as I was sitting there in the parking lot waiting to join the parade route, I had so many people coming up to me, complimenting me on our vintage truck that my husband rebuilt from scratch, and asking me about my flower farm and what I do. And they had no idea that I existed. Here, I thought I had been hitting the pavement. I'd been on social media posting. And I had so many people come up to me and had no idea I existed. So it's just proof that don't just rely on social media. Don't just rely on trying to get folks emails and start a newsletter. Like you really got to get out there. And every town is going to be different. And you've got to find what is going to work for your community. And it may be that there's local celebrations that you can 
maybe put up a booth, sell your flowers there, or let it be an educational opportunity too. But really try to understand where the people are all coming together within your town, your city, and try to join in, even if it is for just educational purposes. Because the more that people know about you, the more that they're going to fall in love with your local blooms. And so as we're doing the parade route, it was so exciting to see all the faces and people ooing and aahing over my husband's truck. I'm just going to throw that out there. They were mostly the guys were just fascinated. So that was really good marketing because they were fascinated with the truck. So hopefully they grew a connection with Ooh, there's the flower lady and her husband has a really awesome truck. So next time I need flowers, I totally will buy from her. (laughs) Just some thoughts in my head, but I'm going to go with that one. And then just all the ladies and everybody just saying, oh, there's the flower lady. So yeah, I've been posting on Facebook, but they actually were able to experience it firsthand and see the flowers I had decorated on the truck. And I got so many many messages afterwards saying how people loved my flow and that it was their favorite which made me super happy and I got so much fulfillment out of that. I home all these flowers, some flowers that decided that they're going to go in a different direction and this is the challenge with you know I have my CSA, I do the roadside stand on the weekend but what do you do when everything decides to explode open and say the middle of the week when you don't really have a sales outlet for it. So my sunflowers are finally starting to bloom. And so I just thought of, you know what? It's a great marketing campaign. So I posted that I would be handing out sunflowers and if folks tagged me on their post and shared it with their friends, they'd be entered to win a bouquet. And so that is me connecting with those random people. So I was finding all kinds of random people to give sunflowers to in the hopes that, you know, they would share my journey with all of their friends. And so that was a really exciting opportunity to just, I should have totally brought more sunflowers because that was a huge hit. Even with the kids, they may not have dollars in their wallets, but they're going to tell their their grandparents, their parents, like, hey, when we need to get flowers, remember that flower lady? Yeah, they're still a great marketing tool for you. So don't discount them because they don't have dollars in their pockets. They can still motivate their parents to go out and purchase flowers. So I was even giving flowers to the kids. There were so many kids asking, can I have a flower versus the candy, which I thought was awesome. But overall, a great experience to connect with my community, what I've learned real quickly was that there is still a ton of people that know nothing about me and I need to do more things like that. This year has really been an opportunity for me to focus. I spent the last two years just trying to figure out flower farming, um, how I would run my business, which I'm still trying to figure that out. Let's just be real. But with this overwhelming demand that I have seen in addition to just what I like to do, what I don't like to do, and then also just this year of a lot of burnout, wanting to find balance of what I'm willing to let go. Not only am I 
willing to let go of it, but just focus my attention on the things that are really going to be worth all the work that I put into it. And learning that I need to be more creative in what I'm offering. And so my mind is always going, I always say the the strategy sessions happen on the lawnmower because I try to keep the cuttings super small and so I mow probably twice a week because I'm always cutting the grass back into my my beds and so I'm always like thinking of what I should do and I have some plans for the fall because I feel like in the summertime and starting July 4th I don't know about you guys but as people are out and about and I also made an observation as we were driving to the big fireworks show last night I saw that there were still a lot of fireworks there for sale. And so it's realizing that folks may have less cash in their pockets to buy those luxury items, which flowers are. As much as we think that they should be part of everyday life. People don't think that way. And so I'm having to rethink about when folks want flowers, how they want their flowers, and what opportunities I should jump on. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to hustle every week. Maybe I focus my attention on the special holidays and just give myself more of a break in the times in which people have a ton of flowers in their gardens. So really, the moral of my story is I'm still learning. I'm learning every single day and it's going to change and adjust as my business changes, as my plants change, as my customers change, all of it. So I just hope that you can find a bit of comfort in this. I know that we've been on kind of a roller coaster and just taking time to find breaks, whatever that looks like for you. But it is important to, number one, talk to somebody. If you're feeling burnt out, find somebody to talk to, but also find ways that you can reduce something to help you just find a little bit more balance. So what's blooming on the farm? Well, I have all kinds of thoughts, just like I have been sharing for the last like 17 minutes. I have been just super impressed with my overwinter dahlias. So I know I've mentioned it before, but last year I left my dahlias in the ground. I planted my specialty dafts around it. They did fantastic. The foliage has now died off and I have planted a mixture of other crops. So some wheat on the borders as well as some phacelia. I also am trialing planting some sunflowers on the edges of the bed as well because when we do get some of those intense winds, I'm hoping that it kind of creates this protection for the dahlias. But it's an experiment and I will report back on it. My first sunflowers are blooming and they're absolutely beautiful. I started with all the pro cut white night white lights to get us started when these peaches and pinks are really popular. I also did the plums which are really awesome as my zinnias have started to bloom and I've got this pop of color and the pop of color is selling. I do 
still have my blush lovers out there, but I try to put together flower arrangements that are really diverse in colors because I have found that everybody wants a different color palette and every week they like to mix it up and they have told me this. So I did want to mention in one of the beds that I have a bunch of my specialty daffs, I had hand sewed dill within that specialty daff bed and it's coming up through the foliage that's dying back from the specialty daffs. So this intercropping, I just keep experimenting with it and I'm just experiencing such great results. And it's just really got me thinking of how I can do more of it. And I just feel like my plants are a lot healthier because of it, especially the direct seeded stuff. And yeah, it's not for every flower, but the stuff that I can direct seed and that I've found to be successful, I'm going with it hands down because the plants come up healthier. They're just a healthier stand. They don't need to be staked from my experience. Now I do plant my stuff a lot closer together. Like the sunflowers, I like using the smaller blooms. I feel like their heads don't tilt as bad also and do some bigger spacing so I can have those bigger sunflowers, but I really like kind of the smaller ones. And by planting them closer together, they stay up by themselves and uh, they're a more usable bloom for me. Even if you're selling to florists, maybe ask them, try it and see if they would be attracted to kind of those smaller sunflowers. I know traditionally, and I've heard this a lot lately, the florists don't really love the sunflowers. So maybe if you did try to show them the smaller blooms, they may have a different perspective on them. But that's not everybody. So you always got to try something, right? The poppies are done. It was a beautiful splash of color. I am going to be using and drying a lot of the seed pods. My celosia is coming up although it seems super short to me. Also, my gomfrina, which is frustrating, and I keep pinching it, but it just keeps blooming, so I'm not sure what's going on there. The cosmos have started to bloom. They look beautiful. Oh my goodness, I gotta go on a soapbox here for a second. I know that frosted explosion grass is super pretty. It is. It's that bit of airy texture in a flower arrangement, but oh my gosh, if you are planting it, make sure you're harvesting all of it, all of it before it goes to seed because this isn't of my doing. It's just a natural weed around here, but it was in my husband's Christmas trees and which then became my flower field. And so it is everywhere and it is just taking over. And I really try to stay on top of it and pull it when it's small versus when I have a big problem. I have let some of it go so I can use it in arrangements, but just be careful with it if you're using it as a cut that you really, really want to pick it before it goes to seed. Also, my scoops are absolutely fantastic. They are so beautiful. I love them even if it's just for myself, but they've just been that really interesting pop of color and texture that I absolutely love. My dahlias have started blooming, which makes me super happy. Um, Like I said, I've just been really impressed with this overwintered crop. And again, the zinnias have started blooming and they're absolutely gorgeous. I've had a couple glads start blooming, but I'm just waiting on the others to start 
popping like crazy. The sweet peas are just to die for. They're so pretty and they're still hanging in there. We've had a couple days where the temps have been super high, but they're hanging in there. My liatris is starting to bloom. The rudbeckia is just, every time it blooms, I'm like, I need to plant more of it because I have experienced that it usually lasts for three years with me and then it just completely dies so I had lost a bunch of it this year so I need to go back and start some more from seed and the larkspur is gorgeous like it is the stand that brings me so much joy and I'm going to let it go to seed and hopefully save it for seed I'm doing a lot of seed saving this summer I've got some plans and I just want to try to grow my own and especially in those flowers where I don't really care if it stays true to color. People in my customer base just want pops of color and it's beautiful and they enjoy it. So I'm going to be doing that with the sweet peas as well and see what I get in the future. The snapdragons, oh my goodness, they're gorgeous. Like the best snaps I've ever grown in my entire life. And I may have already told you this, but I'm telling you again because I'm so proud of them. They look so beautiful. And that first succession is almost done and I've got more coming up, but they just have brought me so much much joy. The roses are really flushing out. They're gorgeous. I've, I don't even want to say it, but you know who has stayed out of said rose gardens, which makes me really happy because I'm finally able to experience those blooms for the first time since I planted them bare roots last season. So they really have taken on a lot of growth, even though they got munched on twice big time, but they are gorgeous. And my son, he created this beautiful rainbow of the different gradients of color. He was so proud of it. Minecraft does teach you stuff, I guess. So (laughs) they're just, it's been fun to add them in. My eucalyptus that I grew from seed is looking fantastic. I did have a lot of plants die, but that's okay. I'll try to get them again next year. I had started for the first time, actually my first year flower farming, I started some eucalyptus from seed. I had three seedlings survive. Woohoo! Such a big amount, I know. But hey, I have one big massive tree out of that seedling that I started from seed and it looks incredible. So I've got kind of what I hope to be this eucalyptus wall to kind of create this surrounding hedge for my rose gardens. So more to come on how that evolves. Straw flower is looking incredible. I've been just cutting off the heads because I'm saving them for a lot of dried flower projects. I'm thinking, I'm thinking through all the things that I can sell in the fall and winter when people are in desperate need of a splash of color and not on vacation. Overall, the flower field and the gardens are looking gorgeous. I see so much life. You know, I would just like to thank myself from all the beekeepers that live in a five mile radius of me because my friend was just over today and she was in in awe of how many bumblebees and honeybees and just pollinators in general I have out here. And I just laughed and said, yeah, all the local honey that's being harvested is likely coming from the pollen from my farm. And I have a cover crop that I've just left for the pollinators. It's Gilea, I think that's how you pronounce 
wants it. It's a blue kind of globe-like flower, super pretty, and I do use it in flower arrangements, but the pollinators love it. And the coolest part about it is you'll see that when it's in bloom, the pollinators are just all over it. And the honeybees, their pollen sacs are like a deep blue. So it's really cool. I'd like to see what that honey looks like. Well, friends, I'm going to sign off for the night. The kids are already in bed as usual, so sorry, apologies. No freckled bloom flower kid fun fact for tonight, but I hope you all are doing well and just hanging in there, and please join me in a conversation. We are scheduling out to the almost the end of summer. I know you all are busy, and you got lives too, so I appreciate just all the conversations that we are having and just giving me the grace of putting them out when I can. Well, friends, take care and have a great week. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation. And together, all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.